about how I could do things differently and better. So <laughs> I want to make sure take, taking these uh, considerations here. Now we're live. Hey, welcome. Welcome those of you that are joining us via Facebook or listening to this um, through another means. Welcome to the Omaha Vineyard Church. We're glad you're here. Um, so we've been looking at the book of Ephesians. And as I mentioned a couple of times, um, I visited with some friends a couple of weeks or a couple of months back now, and they had been studying, he and, and some other guys that he knew or that he knows, every Saturday, and they would spend an hour and they would get through maybe one or two verses per hour. So we've been flying. And uh, I, like I, I had I just mentioned, I watched these, these sermons afterwards. And I'm like, whoa, that was longer than I typically go. So got a lot to cover. Um, <clears throat> and what we've been looking at is God's plan and, and how he works that plan out. And part of that plan is his, uh, the faith that we have to believe in him is a gift from him. And salvation is a gift from him. It's not something that we can work for. So like last week, the week before, we were looking at a lot of like conduct. You know, don't lie, tell the truth, right? Don't be sexually immoral, be pure. Don't be foolish, be wise. And we're going to be looking at, at some of those things again, kind of conduct between relationships. And I just want to make sure that I'm screwing that light bulb in if I can. This is not about salvation. This is not about your salvation. We've already seen that God has provided salvation as a free gift. And now that we've been called by God, Paul in chapter 4, verse 1, begs us to lead a life that's worthy of the calling. So I grew up in the western suburbs of Chicago, and so the Chicago Bears are my NFL football team. Well, last week, November 1st, um, during the Chicago Bears-New Orleans Saints game, one of the Chicago Bears punched somebody from the other team. Now, it turns out he says that that guy spit on him, but that didn't get shown on, on, the, on the coverage. They show this guy run up to him, and then the saint, you know, looks at him, and he just punches him, and he takes a step back because he thinks the guy's going to do something, and he kind of shakes it off. I think comes and punches him again, and then it's this whole brawl, and they're rolling around. So I got, I, 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 I mentioned that to say this. So during the, the third quarter, it ignited a brawl between the two that soon had teammates jumping in before they were separated. Bears head coach Matt Nagy called Wims, J Javon Wims was the Chicago Bear that threw the punch. He called Wims' actions completely unacceptable, saying, there's no part of that in this game. That is not how we roll here. So, <clears throat> the personal conduct that Paul is talking about for you and I as believers in Jesus is like Paul saying, certain behaviors, certain conduct is not acceptable. It's not for you. That's not how we roll. 
So as a collective body and personally, there are behaviors that are reflections of our old nature. Now we looked at lost, confused, foolish, closed off to God. And there are behaviors that are reflections for our new nature. Like God, truly righteous and holy. And so just like Coach Nagy, Paul says in chapter 5, verses 3 through 9, Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. That is not how we roll here. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light of the Lord from the Lord. So live as people as light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So, again, I, I think our, our tendency can be as people operating in, in and of ourselves to, you know, we, we talk about the lifeboat, right? There's only so much room in the lifeboat, and I gotta, I gotta position myself ahead of somebody else so that I survive, and if they die, mm, at least I survive, right? That's, that's like our human nature. That's the old nature that Paul was talking about. But then he says in, in verse 13, where he's talking about each of us operating together as a one body, and he's talking about growth. He says, this will continue. This growth of the body will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. It's a high calling. Yes, it is. But what else is God worth? What else is Christ worth? I mean, we, just, we were just talking about Easter, right? And, and Jesus' commitment to God's plan to die on the cross with all that, that punishment that he took. <clears throat> by our daily and moment-by-moment -moment journey with and movement toward and our submission to the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That is the only way we're able to live as light through the power of the Holy Spirit. And again, it's not just on you to get up to that standard. It's by us submitting to the Holy Spirit who is alive in us. So, <clears throat> we're going to get specific about conduct with interpersonal relationships today. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 21, and going through chapter 6, verse 9. 
And this is how this is how we live in a manner that's worthy of our calling. This is the way. Yeah, okay, you got that. Okay, good. All right, let's uh, let's take let's start in verse twenty-one of chapter five. And further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So everything else we're going to look at is based off of that, that, um, that encouragement, that exhortation, that command to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And here we go, starting in verse 22. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He, Christ, gave up his life for her, the church, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He, Christ, did this to present her, the church, to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So if we boil that down, I, th I think Paul does a good job there in that verse 33, to kind of one thing, if we could just have one takeaway, wives respect your husbands, husbands love your wives. And, and Paul uses this illustration of Christ and the church um, and could we get a, a again a higher standard no no I don't think we could <laughs> right husbands <clears throat> love your wives as Christ loved the church gave himself up for her uh, you know we, we've been talking about how this this kingdom conduct is, is not necessarily natural to us. It, it requires um, purposefulness. It requires us to not be compulsive, but to think and to kind of plan and strategize. So if I'm, as a husband, going to interact with my wife, I need to think, okay, how would, what would Jesus do, right? If, if my wife is an example of the church, what, so I, I need to know, I need to understand 
Christ. And I think that's why when, when Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus, he prays over and over again for understanding and for light, right? Shine, shine that light and, and all of a sudden things are more clear. Wouldn't that be nice? And, and then in one of my, my uh, commentaries, it's talking about, so th there's, two, there's two parts of this relationship, right? There's the husband and there's the wife. And if the husband doesn't treat his wife like Christ treats the church, does that mean she's still under Christ to submit to him and respect him and everything? So my commentary says this, failure on the part of one does not justify it on the part of the other, though it necessarily makes success more difficult. And... <clears throat> Um, I, I, I might ask her a show of hands, but I probably we, we don't want to embarrass anybody. I think we've all experienced that, where either we or the other has you know, failed on the part of respect or failed on the part of love. And then I, I, I thought it was interesting here that, that Paul quotes from Genesis 224 when he says as the scriptures say a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one so Israel as a people of God had these teachings and promises uh, regarding these special relationships throughout their history I mean that's Genesis chapter 2 that's that's like you know ground floor but now as the Gentile Ephesians are part of the new people that are one in Christ. They are receiving the same standards that God's children have had all along. And I keep thinking about how it's like, well, it's, maybe it is like you know, being on a football team or being part of a new family or, or you know, maybe being part of a new class in school. Here are the standards, here are the rules, right? But these rules aren't how you pass the, the grade or you, know, you don't get an A for following the rules, but it's, it's how we represent what we're a part of, right? And, and when we're talking about being called by God, that's who we're a part of. That's who we're a part of. And, there, and he, he talks about that mystery of the oneness of Christ in the church and relates that to a husband and a wife. And so what, what's, what's that, you know, that high, high standard that Paul is talking about, that the Bible is talking about, is just like this mystery where the church and Jesus are one, a husband and a wife should be like one, like one person. And that can be hard because we got different backgrounds. We got different ideas about, about how things should be done. Um, my wife and I were driving yesterday and uh, I did not have a stop sign. The, the, you know, the traffic coming this way had a stop sign and the guy was just racing up the hill. And I was like, he shouldn't, he's, he's gonna need to stop. And so I turned and my wife is in the passenger seat. And she's like, why are, you, why are you putting me in danger? 
I was like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. If that guy kept coming and hit, hit, hit that side of the car, that would be my wife. Thanks, baby. Love you. We need each other. We need each other. All right, let's keep going. Now we're, uh, we're done with chapter five, starting in chapter six, children and parents. And why do we have a lot of children here today? If you're a child, raise your hand. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're all children, aren't we? Like a mom? <laughs> all right, let's take a look. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So again, where he, where Paul says, honor your father and mother, and he talks about this um, commandment with a promise. He's talking about Old Testament, Ten Commandments. And, and again, he, he's, he's bringing up these Gentile Ephesians in, in the way that the Israelites have had all along. So he, he quote, so those, those are Exodus 20, verse 12, and Deuteronomy 5, 16. So he, these Old Testament teachings regarding God's standards for his children as children are now passed on to the new people of God, those made one in Christ. So if we take a look at verse 1 again, children obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. So if we unpack that a little bit, he's not saying, kind of like with, with the um, husbands and wives, obedience to your parents is not limited to Christian parents alone. You belong to the Lord. Then your standard is to obey your parents because it's the right thing to do. If you have parents that aren't following the Lord or aren't that great at being parents, the standard is obey your parents because that's the right thing to do. And then parents do not provoke, rather bring your children up with the discipline and instruction that comes to the Lord. And again, I got this little insight from my um, commentary. It's easier to be severe or indulgent and sometimes we do one and then the other and that's really confusing it's easier to do that but children need discipline and admonition when combined with a gentle understanding of their needs and limitations uh, I, I had preached on colossians three a year or so ago and, it, and paul basically says the same kinds of things to both churches. And <clears throat> I, I had mentioned then that, you know, as parents, we've got a lot more experience, a lot more wisdom, we've got a bigger vocabulary, and we can needle and needle and needle and needle and provoke to anger our children. And that is, that's just cruel. <clears throat> so for me personally, 
a couple of um, resources that I have used or read that I think made a big difference in my parenting style. Uh, one is called Parenting with Love and Logic. And um, the other is Culture of Honor, Sustaining a Supernatural Environment. Both of these books come from a, you know, a biblical perspective with a couple of, uh, Parenting with Love and Logic has two authors and then Culture of Honor is one author. But it, it, both of them focus on how even you know, a, an infant, we're all born with a will of our own, right? And we're born into a world full of freedoms. And really growing up and maturing is figuring out how to manage our freedoms. And if we understand we've got options, one example, one of the authors was talking about how he was doing a lot of traveling and so he had a lot of stuff in his car and he was gonna give his daughter a ride. And so the daughter opens up the passenger side and sees all of this stuff of his on the car seat. And she pulled a love and logic tactic and said, dad, are you gonna move your stuff or do you want me to? Because you care a little bit more about your stuff and I don't, I just want to sit, right? So that, that's one of those kind of managing our freedoms um, tools. Anyway, I, I, I found both of those books very, very helpful to um, kind of give me tools to operate less out of, what were those, those words? Severe or indulgent. All right, let's keep rolling. Okay. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 through 9. Slaves, obey your masters. Any slaves in here? Yeah. <laughs> not mine. He's not my slave. He's my son. Uh, let's keep reading. <clears throat> slaves, obey your masters, your earthly masters, with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Remember? Verse 21, everything comes back to, here's all this conduct that we want to, you know, rather than this, instead let's do this. Rather than old, old nature, let's, let's do new nature and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So here we go. Serve your earthly masters sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. So let's unpack that a little bit. So <clears throat> slavery in Bible days was real. It was everywhere. It, it, I guess it would be like credit card debt, 
It's everywhere. Maybe some of us don't have it, and maybe some of us do. Anyways. Um, Paul talks about slavery a lot. It's a common theme in the New Testament. Um, Paul refers to himself as a slave of Christ in Romans 1.1. 1, 1, and the, the same kind of relational standards from Ephesians 5 and 6, like I mentioned, are found in Colossians 3, 1 Timothy 1, Titus 2, 1 Peter 2. So how do we today apply these principles given to slaves and masters? And I like things easy, so bosses and employees. How about that? Um, so if, if you are a middle manager, you're both. <laughs> you're a slave and a master. If you, if you own a business, you're kind of both because you still got to pay taxes and you know, obey the laws, etc. cetera. Uh, but slavery in, in Bible days, <clears throat> it, it, it was, you could be an indentured slave, which means that I want to buy a house and I don't have money, but I can work. So I'm going to enslave myself to a family. And what that means is I work, I might get educated, I'll learn a, a skill. And after so many years, uh, the slavery is done, and, and now I'm free. It, it could also be um, one nation went to war with another nation, and they grabbed somebody and said, you're going to be my slave, and then you're just that way. The reason slaves and masters is grouped with children and parents, husbands and wives, is because, again, in those days, those relationships were all in the same household. A slave would, would, you know, live in the same home and grow up, you know, with, with the master's children. And there was a lot of, you know, a lot of close relationships there. Just like, you know, if we go to a workplace and spend eight hours there, we spend a lot of time with our bosses with our, our masters, with our, our employees, with our slaves. And so Paul says this. Slaves, obey your masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just while they're watching you. I wonder if you had somebody in mind, a little, little wink. He's stealing cookies, that's okay, but. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I'm sure you don't steal cookies. I stole cookies. I used to make cookie sandwiches. Cookies between two slices of bread. Delicious. Lots of fiber. <laughs> uh, work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. All of this goes back to that verse 21 of chapter 5. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Remember what Christ has done for us. And out of respect, out of deep respect for him, submit yourself one to another. And if we boiled it down to one thing again, 
in um, verse 8, Paul says, Remember that the Lord will reward each of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. So it's, it's being good. It's, it's, you know, respect, it's fear, it's enthusiasm. <clears throat> and, and when he talks to masters, he's already gone into, into some detail with, uh, uh, about slaves. And so when he gets to masters, and again, kind of like we said, you know, a lot of us have both, right? We've got both of those relationships. We answer to somebody, and, and maybe we've got other people that answer to us. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Respect. Enthusiasm. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. You know, do good whether you are slaves or free. The master was not to treat his slaves on the ground of his legal rights, but on the basis of his own treatment by his master. Christ. And, and again, this is one of the, the things we can't get away from. Which is with slavery, the masters had rights that the slaves did not. And what Paul, in this, um, in, in my commentary, when he says, don't threaten them, treat them the same way. Treat them with respect. So it's interesting, huh? When, when we are in relationship with, with one another in these different, um, different manners, <clears throat> we might have more um, leeway with how we treat people than would come out of here in terms of kingdom conduct. And Paul is saying, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Again, we've got this high, high standard. But what else is worthy? What else is God worthy of? What else is Christ worthy of who gave himself up for us? And allows us to be one with him. And shines light on dark things that we have trouble understanding and seeing. And gives us his spirit to overcome sin. And break his kingdom into our world. Treat your slaves in the same way. With respect. Please them. Do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though... For the Lord and not for people. Do good whether you are slaves or free. Now, I know we, we've been, these are, are for very specific relationships, right? A husband and a wife, a child and a parent, a, a master and a slave. As an application for today, and I, I finished this on Thursday, so I didn't have um, the revelation from yesterday about who are, was it? Uh, elect, our president-elect is. We'll see how, if I'm stepping on toes here, or how, how good we do. As an application to today, what if 
we applied this same principle of submission to one another out of reverence for Christ to ourselves in terms of our current political outlook. So for those that voted in this general election, roughly half or, or just under half chose one or the other, right? And if you didn't vote, you're probably just shocked and embarrassed. <laughs> or maybe not shocked, but still embarrassed. <clears throat> so when we take a look at the book of Ephesians, chapters 5, chapter 6, we're looking at kingdom conduct and the standard that those of us have been who have been called by God to be his children will you submit yourself to a stranger or a friend or a family member that voted for a different candidate out of reverence for Christ will you submit yourself to the administration that will lead our nation for the next four years we are a new people who have been called by God our conduct, the lives that we live, and how we do life now as someone who is one with Christ, that matters to God. Paul says, I beg you to live a life worthy of your calling. When was the last time someone begged you for something? And then he says, with the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer like Gentiles do. We are his body. We are his church. And he has standards that accurately reflect his image. We are his image bearers in this world. We are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Whether we are slaves or free, whether we are parents or children, whether we are husbands or wives, whether we are blue or red, our lives are no longer our own. You may think that uh, whoever the next president is is your enemy. Or you may think that the enemies of our next president are your enemies. Well, I've got news for you. Paul addresses who our true enemies are, starting in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And we're going to be looking at that next week. So let me just, again, kind of bring as our, our kind of final exhortation this morning. Ephesians 5.21, and further submit to one another out of reverence, for Christ. When we are called by God and we receive the gift of faith to believe in the sacrifice that Jesus made to redeem us from our sins and give us new life in a new kingdom, our lives are no longer our own. 
And that's how Jesus operated. When he was talking to his disciples, he made it clear what, what the cost was. If you're not willing to take up your cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. Jesus was not about his life or his plan. Jesus was about God's plan. And when we say yes to Jesus, we take that on too. And that is a high standard. I don't live for myself anymore. I live to give glory to God. And I may not understand, and it may go against everything that I, that I understand and, and that I believe. And I, it may seem like I'm taking a huge risk and I'm letting everyone that I agree with down. But out of reverence for Christ, I will submit myself to another. Heavenly Father, we ask you to come. We ask you to come into our hearts during these days of fear and days of um, unrest. I can't tell you how uh, anxious and um, emotional I was. <laughs> this last week, stuff that would uh, I would have looked at and said, "Hmm, that's cute." I, you know, brought me to tears, and I can't sleep. And 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 you know, for half the country, that is is ecstatic that Joe Biden is the president of elect. There's there's also this this stuff about voter fraud, and I'm, I'm sure they're like, we fought to get here, we'll keep on fighting, but our fight is not with flesh and blood. Mm. Jesus, we need you, we need your spirit to overcome us and allow us to submit ourselves to one another out of reverence for you. I'm going to open my hands as a, as a symbol of my submission to the Lord. If there's anything in my life that God wants to take out, he can take it because I'm not holding on to it. And if there's anything that God wants to give to me and put into my life, I can receive it because my hands are open. And so, Lord, we just ask you to come into our experience this morning. Holy Spirit, come. Come in power. Have your way. We desire more than anything to live a life that is worthy of the call that you gave to us and to be able to operate in the special gifts and the special work that you've called us to and to do that corporately so that our body, your church, is built up and that it will continue to build up into the full standard of Christ. In the name of Lord Jesus, amen. Oh, so we usually do... Uh...